Are you still getting ghosted? Maybe they're walking right past you as if they don't see you. Or perhaps, my personal favorite, they've come up with every excuse as to why you guys can't be together even though you practically are. Well, see what had happened on season one was we thought we had done all the work, but perhaps there's a little bit more left to do. So here I am back for season two, your host, Justin Rain, ready to help you finesse through the stress in the land of fuckboys. So prepare to laugh cry possibly be triggered but most importantly i promise this season we're going to heal as we begin to address our fuckboy problem Hey you guys and welcome back to another episode of Fuckboy Problems. Today's episode is called Mr. Third Eye and I have my guest Mr. Delvin Eugene Reese. He is the creative director and spiritual leader of the House of Men and the Men Project. And today we are talking about breaking down spiritual connections with fuckboys. Codependency. Is it really an issue or not? Can you have it? Is it healthy? And most importantly, we are going there like Ayanla Fix My Life going there and we are talking about how to do the soul work. Not just work, soul work. We're breaking it all down. He's going there. He's giving you the hard truth, spitting the facts, and we are not sugarcoating it. So sit back, prepare yourselves, but first, here comes Fuckboys in the News. Good evening. Good evening. This, this is the news. Good evening. This is the news. Good evening. This is the news. Campaign between James and Phoebe really heating up now. Thanks. This is the fucking news. Is this the crusty crab? No! This is the fucking news. Oh, oh, ah. It's fuck boys in the news. It's fuck boys in the news. No, I'm just playing. But every time I do do fuck boys in the news, I do kind of feel like Lloyd Bell Denberg and all that, if you know what I mean. Because <laughs> I'm always like sitting behind like my desk chair recording by myself with my little notes. And I'm just like, yes, let me get it out. And today I definitely am going to be ranting and getting some stuff off my chest. But if you are new to fuck boys in the news and fuck boy problems, let me tell you how this portion of the show works. Basically, if you're a fuckboy, fuck girl, fuck person, you know that I look at fuckboy as just a term, a way of life, a characteristic, not actually assigned to a gender type. Like I was saying, if you're one of those people that fall into that category and you're fucking up and you have no, zero, nunca, nada, excuse for your actions, know that I'm going to call you out on them. So first up on the list, I'm going straight into it. I'm calling out the C. W. Yes, the network, the CW. If you don't already know, they're pretty notorious for always trying to diminish and limit the shine of their black stars and shows. And in their recent recast, they gave little to no promotion of the new Batwoman. Do y'all know that she's black? I feel like on black Twitter, everybody got really excited about it and we blew up about it. But did you know that on Sunday, January 18th, she actually premiered as the new Batwoman. 
No one knew. There was zero promotion. And guess what happened when they called in the ratings? They went and they reported that she tanked less than 80% in their target demographic. I don't know. Let's guess, CW. Did you put any promotion behind it? But we know when Ruby Rose, who, based on the reviews from people who actually watched Ruby Rose as Batwoman and now Miss Javicia Leslie as the new Batwoman, they actually said Ruby Rose was literally on the total other end of the spectrum in terms of her performance as an actress. And it was horrible versus Javicia, who had all types of emotion and performance and tonality and range. And it was amazing. So I say all that to call out CW. You all are trash for trying to diminish someone and not share and shine their light and i just want to take a moment to tell javicia you did amazing i watched it and encourage all of you all out there to go and check out her appraisal and performance of batwoman now that she's there because we don't always get a lot of black representation in you know the graphic novel world so it would really be amazing for her to really blow up next on the list gas fucking Lighters. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I don't want any more. So often, so, so very often, fuck boys, they try to use gaslighting as a tactic to attack and distract. So let's run that back. Attack and distract. So did y'all watch Drag Race last season when Jada Essence all she was like, look over there. That's what gaslighting is to me. When you want to go... When I'm trying to be vulnerable and share something with you and then you want to go and flip the tables on me instead of actually having to sit and address how you really feel about what's going on, even with me or even with yourself. And that's just not going to do. So if you're gaslighting people, if you're trying to gaslight me, no, I'm not going for it. Don't try to get my emotions all worked up because you'll get my emotions worked up. Then you'll end up with an ass whooping that you probably didn't even need because you could have just told me that whatever I said, you didn't like it. But guess what? It was my truth. You got to accept that. Move on or you can move the fuck out of my life. And that's also y'all should tell them people out there, they out there gaslighting you. Next, I'm just going to round out, you know, this whole list of rants with trolls. Trolls, in my opinion, are just fuckboys on steroids or nitrous. If you're into Fast and the Furious, I definitely am a huge Fast and the Furious man. And I say all that to say, you know... Just in normal fuckboy fashion, and I'll say that for myself as well as a reform one, instead of taking ownership, you know, for their words, their feelings, and their actions, these internet trolls have literally created an alternate alias in an effort to try to protect themselves from having to look in the mirror at their own truth. I mean, look at it. These are your opinions, so why not stand 10 toes down on it, motherfucker? No. Hot Bottom 35 wants to go and say shit up under Michelle Williams' photos instead of actually, you know, saying it from his own pro- actual profile, Gerald Green. I don't know. This is all just fake made-up names, y'all, before y'all go looking at this Gerald Green, nigga. I don't know nobody named Gerald Green. I just made up a name <laughs> out the top of my head. But, like I was saying just talk about avoidant and dismissive behavior which are two cornerstones of fuckboyism i can't wait till i release this book and i just teach y'all all about it but just take it from me you can only run so long from your truth and you can only run so long from the bullshit that you're creating and putting out there into the universe because guess what karma is real and i firmly can tell you that 
I had a year of like 365 days of hell, it felt like. It wasn't 2020, but it was a really, really fucking horrible year where I felt like all the shit I did to other people came back or was done to me. And instead of me trying to fight it, what I literally decided to do, I decided to accept those lessons. I decided to be like, okay, what did you do? Why would somebody want to treat you like this? Have you ever treated someone else like this? That is truly where the soul work, ding, 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 (laughs) really starts to come in. I'm so excited, like I said, for you guys to do the work and for Delving Eugene Reese to try to like fix our lives. So without further ado, let's jump into his confession. This is Mr. Third Eye, y'all. I don't know what to do, but to keep part two of my confessions. All right, all right, all right, you guys. I have my good friend, a person that I personally respect a lot and look up to, creative director and spiritual leader of the House of Men. We have none other than Delvin Eugene Reese. What's up, boo? How are you today? <laughs> What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and such kind words, your introduction and all of that. He is scared, Thank y'all. You. Do y'all hear the nervousness <laughs> in his Nervous. voice? Nervous. This is a man. This is a man that's on a different frequency. Oh my god! So he doesn't get into the riffraff. All right, I'm just gonna put that out there. (laughs) We just yeah, right. I'm just I'm just letting people know. You know what I mean? I'm glad you have gotten softer. You, but yeah, but you don't really Uh, you don't really play no games. Oh now, God. today's okay. episode is called <laughs> Mr. Third Eye. Mr. Third Eye, right. Yeah, so... Was I supposed to say about... that with you? No, it's okay. We said it now. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Third Eye, yes. I love yes. that. Yeah, so we're talking about a time when you met a fuck boy or fuck girl oh. or fuck person, you know? Right, And right. you guys connected on a spiritual level. And, you know, a lot of times you may connect on a spiritual level, but in reality, a lot of people don't realize the spiritual level and a real and like the realistic level that we operate on as humans is not the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, just because you may connect on that level doesn't mean that you connect really in the real world. So tell us about a time, a place. Do it like Golden Girls, (sighs) picture it, Sicily. Oh, right, right, right. You know, that's where I was going. Place us in the scene. Okay, so, so first of all, uh, literally the guy's name, it. guy, girl, person. What's their name? Do they got a nickname? I'm st- they don't have a nickname. And, and they don't have a nickname, but... Give an initial. I don't know if I'm going to remember this name. Uh, Buddha. <laughs> we'll say, Buddha. Um, Buddha. Great. We'll go with Buddha. I, I'm here for that. Um, but I'll just <laughs> refer to he, him whatever um but anyway so um buddha he and i actually met um at church believe it or not (laughs) and um very very nice guy well well put together and i am currently 41 so he would probably be 53 54 now but he looked my age or younger than what he was um very very attractive man well put together um and of course we initially connected on that piece you know appearance and things like that so i think that's even how we started kind of flirting um was off of all of these compliments 
And then he later let me know that let me know that he was attracted to me. I was like, well, I'm attracted to you too. Oh my God, this is an older man. Thank God. Da da da. And we end up going to this restaurant. We were in Atlanta, Georgia, and we went to this restaurant called Rusan's. I'll never forget it. It was like a Thai mixed with Chinese food restaurant. Um, and we sat down and we talked about everything, everything, including um, I shared with him that I had recently found out that I was HIV positive. So we had that conversation. He shared with me that he too was HIV positive and had been for years. So we had this beautiful conversation about that. And for me, that was a big deal to even be talking about because um, it was so new. And, you know, I was going to that phase of when do you tell someone? Do you tell them the first date? Do you tell them tomorrow? Do you tell them right before sex? Whatever, whatever. So to have that conversation and feel the freedom to get over that um, so quickly was a relief. So I was like, okay, that's another mark. He's a good guy, dressed nice, look good, smell good, da da da, great. He has a job, awesome, speaks well. Uh, in my mind, thinking, okay, definitely we could uh, build something here. And that's how he talked. And everything went well, probably for about a week or two. And then all of a sudden, I started noticing a different person kind of coming out. Of course, at this point, now we're having sex and all of that intimacy. Um, and I'm feeling like we're connecting on a, like I said, a spiritual level, something deeper than the norm. Um, and then he had shared with me even then that he had had a past with drugs, I want to say cocaine, um, and that that was long ago, and that he had been filthy rich at one point and had, uh, was the initiation of that group of people that were pumping, um, I guess like people's booties and breasts and well booties for the most part in Atlanta. So he had really come across right. a lot of money. He was on the boom. Yeah, it was a lot. Oh yeah. He, he was yeah. building the cardies. So he, he was building bodies. Yes. And building banks. Yes. Yes. Hello? Yes. 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 Had a really good occupation where he could use his creative gift. And so it would look great. Everything looked amazing. Uh, sex was okay at that time, but it was like, it could get better. <laughs> um, but everything was looking great. The look of everything was great. I felt okay around him, felt safe, was starting to meet his family, things like that. And then all of a sudden, there was just a boom where he disappeared one night. We had gotten kind of into it one night. He wanted me to go to a friend of his to have fish. I'll never forget this fried fish and they were gonna have drinks and all of this. Now, where he was asking me to go was like in the hood of Atlanta. So I was like, no, it's 12 o'clock. Who fries fish at midnight? <laughs> and um, no, I'm not going. And he was so upset. I don't know about was, in Atlanta. You never know. Where? Well, I'm not going to be. I'm, Same I'm in New York. Uh, right. You never know. But, you know, fried fish at midnight, something else is going on. And and no judgment. Something's open. <laughs> something's right. open. Something is open. Right. They don't be having so overnight just, spots in Atlanta. Exactly. So I was like, okay, whatever, cool. Um, I'm not going, but I allowed him to hold my car because he was, uh, his car was down at that time. And I did not end up seeing, that was a Friday night. The next time I saw him, I was picking him up from jail on Monday morning after picking my car up out of the impound and it went down from there. So that's when I found out later on that during those three days that he went and binged back on cocaine and this was something that wasn't over, but this is something that was, is this is what he did. But then on the opposite side, I later started find out that he was a bona fide citywide fuck boy. <laughs> so 
not only where I was, I, I was being told that he was a predominant whatever, I later found out, oh no, he's doing it all. So, um, oh, he was giving it yeah. up different in the streets oh, yeah. than he was giving yeah. you in the sheets. Exactly, 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 exactly. So, you know, and I was all just right. laughing with my, um, my roommate about this recently is that that's the hilarious part. That's a total turn off to me, <laughs> but we, I'm not going to get there anyway. So but yeah, we I found are. out that. <laughs> oh, we So yeah, we do that. I pick him up from jail and it went down from there. He was slipping in and out doing what he was doing. And it even ended up with me having to go get him from a crack house one night at 3 a.m. in the morning, me with my little frail self. And but I cared about him so much. And then later on, we ended up getting him into rehab for six months. He was a bougie type. So I would, he would insist that I bring him food. He didn't want to eat their food. He wanted me to come pick up his clothes. So I basically took care of him like we were in a relationship while he was in rehab. He comes out because he lost his apartment doing that. He comes out and I logically, because I was the one going to have to pay for his storage because he had really nice things because I was the one that also packed everything up to put it in storage. So I was like, well, I'll just get me a two bedroom apartment, put his stuff in there. And when he comes out, he can do whatever he want to do. And then, you know, get back up on his feet, hopefully, whatever, whatever. He comes out, probably not even a week. We sleep in the same room for a week. And the next week he's sleeping in the second bedroom by himself. Third week, I walk into him with other people. Fourth week, it's over and over again. And then it got to him looking me in my face in my house telling me, that uh, I can't control who he sleeps with, although I had just took care of him for the past six months. So we end up getting him out of the house, and that was that. <laughs> That's my fuckboy story. Because <laughs> he definitely tried you. He tried me. And you can imagine all of the emotions in all of that, right? So it was a lot. Yeah, oh, oh, we're about to lift. We're about to relive him because I did on mute. Oh God. Okay, go ahead. All Hit right. It. No. I guess where you wanna go. Cause first Wherever of all, you want I wanna ready. thank you for your candor. First of all, I wanna thank you for yeah. your candor. Thank you for showing up. And then also thank you for sharing so honestly and so just just so freely. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanna set that tone. I also <laughs> wanna set a tone for the listeners out there. And really allowing them to understand what you do in your philosophy and mm-hmm. your approach as it pertains to love, as it pertains to spirituality mm-hmm. and um, soul work, as you call yeah. it. Because I want us to have that conversation in that realm. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. want all the listeners to know that um, for me, the biggest reason I said this on last week's episode why I started this podcast and me and Delvin talked about him coming on the show at least a month and a half ago, if not longer. And I told him then the reason why I wanted to start this show is because I am a fuck boy. I've been a fuck boy, might be a fuck boy again, but I'm trying not to be a fuck boy <laughs> right now. Right. Right. No, in the most honest way possible. I love that. Yeah. I've made a lot of mistakes, but everything I do and every conscious choice I make, I try to at least is to make a conscious choice to not hurt someone else. Mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. not let my pain, to not let whatever I'm going through affect someone else. And the whole point of this show was, I believe I'm an amazing fucking man, but I've definitely been a fuck boy. And mm-hmm. I believe you can meet some amazing people 
who have just been mm-hmm. through some fucked up shit are responding to what they've been through in inordinary mm-hmm. or maybe in compassionate ways at the time where they've developed behaviors that maybe weren't the best and that's what's turned them into a fuck boy. But I believe every villain was a born a villain. I believe God sent us here. I believe each spirit came and, you know, was placed into this world beautiful and pure and honest and amazing and circumstances shifted and may have jaded mm-hmm. your heart. I know they jaded my mm-hmm. heart. And mm-hmm. I just want this podcast and what people take from this the most and definitely from you because you're the person who can do it. I know that you have the education and the and the training to be able to teach today. Um, he preaches on Sundays. That's why I'm giving y'all this preface. Uh, <laughs> I we just, just have a little this chat without a little drink. This is important, wait. right? We're having a girl chat. But the point, the point of it all is that fuck boys are not just fuck boys and mean people or people who do things that hurt people aren't just that. We're multifaceted. We're layered. We're three dimensional. And that's what I wanted to do with this podcast. That's what I wanted to do with me. Because I got tired of people calling me a hoe. I got tired mm-hmm. of people calling me a fuckboy. I got tired of people talking shit about me to whoever might like me and talk about what you think you know, what you thought you did. Uh, right. You know, or what somebody else said, and they don't have all the facts. And I wanted mm-hmm. to prove and show that these people that you may think are villains may actually or could possibly be your best friend if you just got to know them and gave them a chance and gave them space and gave them room for forgiveness just like you would want so without further ado sorry but my little disclaimer had to have a moment no i love it i love it (laughs) sorry all right so let's let's talk about something because i made my notes i love just story the first thing that really stood out to me was the age difference and the note that you also said if y'all listen y'all heard he did this whole Oh God, yes, he's older. Amen. Yes, yes. I finally found yes. him. <laughs> I want you to go ahead and break it down for us out there. I'm not telling you that I'm not also the person that has also kept it, you know, spicy with a daddy in the past. Right, right. <laughs> um, every man, I think, except for maybe two or three that I've dated, has always been older than me. Definitely, um, oh my, my longest God. relationships so have definitely been so with. Fast. <laughs> no, child. If I could only tell you, may, I've decided maybe oh at the end of the season, I'm gonna give y'all a Mr. Fuckboy Supreme Part Two and tell Ooh. y'all a little bit about my story. But if Ooh. I tell y'all my host, if I tell everybody my story, then there's no need for a book. See, and I've been shopping around for a book deal. Give so him I can't a piece. Just give him a piece. Just give just a, a sizzle, a sizzle reel. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. like I was saying, yeah. um, what at least for you, what what mm. were the pros or why was it? I guess like what was with the affinity of dating an older person or dating an older man because i think an older woman there's a different feeling than dating an older man i've dated an older woman it's it's definitely slept with older Mm -hmm. women and it's definitely definitely a difference than sleeping with an older man yeah um i think for me it was I, i think it's very true as we hear about women you know, aspiring or looking for a man that resembles their father. I think there was a part of me that saw my father as this man's man, and that's what I was attracted to. Now, age, I think, because I'm, I come from a traditional background, my mother and father are still together today. They've been married 35 years. Uh, and as a result of that, that's all I know. So even the way I see gay and gay relationship is very, very traditional. Um, 
so the thought is me being the position that I am, I would prefer a older, you know, more mature man. You know, ideally at that time, that was my thought. Um, and of course I had dated younger people then. So it was just like, oh God, you know, an older man, he's going to know what to do. He's going to know how to have conversation, know how to communicate, know how to know what to do in the bedroom. This is going to be perfect, but it didn't pan out that way. <laughs> oh my gosh I, this used to be my phrase I used to be like okay I used to get on the phone with these little old ass niggas I used to be like okay so you're 35 so that means like that means you know better right that right. means you have no problems from you right exactly like right. literally I used to get on the phone and talk to these niggas I was like okay so um, you got two kids so you've been married before like you you know better right we should have no issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. because I feel like also, if you want to dig deeper, why were we looking to avoid trauma so much mm-hmm. at such a young age? Why are you automatically trying to enter into dating and avoid any type of trauma? Or do you have an expectation of trauma? And mm-hmm. I think as gay people or as, you know, just like as as men of color going into dating, we talk about our parents' relationships. And I can only speak to my own my own experiences, you know, by seeing my mother mm-hmm. and my aunts, my grandmother, et cetera. But as a black man, I didn't see perfect relationships and I definitely did not see perfect images of men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as a as a man going into, you know, a same gender loving relationship or any type of interaction, my attitude was, okay, one, I know about myself. I know what I'm capable of. Two, mm-hmm. I know what you're capable of. Well, two, I don't know what you're capable of, but two, I know what men are capable of. And I know that around this age, y'all slow down. So I just need to check in and see where you're at. Where are right. you? But that's not like, always just, the case, and that's what I learned. Yeah, oh, that's, that's not, never the case, especially right. It's so not true. Like twenty more years on top of that, yeah. if they're gay, mm-hmm. straight mm-hmm. is different. Their libidos are built different. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> well, I normally <laughs> subtract. So nowadays, I'm starting to subtract. If I meet someone, I'm 41. If I meet someone that's 40, ideally, I'll probably cut off 10 years of that emotionally, at least 10. <laughs> Uh, particularly with men and black gay men. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Feels so right. if you're right. if you're 26, I'm like emotionally, you're probably 16. Mm. You know, um, yeah, emotionally. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it hurts, men, but it's right? true. Yeah, it hurts, but it's true. true. It's yeah. It's so true. when you're you dating wanna, someone, you that, yeah. When it, so at that point he was 40 something, and I was 30 something. Um, it's like, oh, well, you're really my age. But then to find out throughout all of this that you're really probably 10 years younger than that. That was the part that was disheartening to find that you're the look, you give off this mm-hmm. air, you give off of this feel, but emotionally you're a kid still. Um, and so I think that's what, if I could segue here, I guess even mm-hmm. with what you asked me. I wouldn't even tell you about discerning that. Even give, us some, even give us some insight into discerning discerning about um discerning about a person's like emotional integrity emotional maturity yeah i I think you well the most the first thing is outside of discernment is just really watching their conversation and here's my new trick you talked about that a couple sundays ago yeah yeah with this whole (laughs) even with social media like when you got someone that's all oh look what i posted or 
look what they said here or everything is off of that world that's not real mm-hmm. <laughs> then you dealing with an emotional there's an emotional deficiency there um and and if you're really looking for love and you're really looking for a relationship that's going to be mutual and where both persons can invest, it's going to be really hard unless you understand the emotional age. I know what you're attracted to, <laughs> but you got to know who you're dealing with. And that's my thing now is really tapping into who are you for real? What's your real emotional age? That's okay, emotional age. Okay. Yeah. And let's say, let's say, say like you're that. a person. No, I mean, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. And with that, let's say, you're a person who may feel like you're you are emotionally immature or your age may be a little bit lower than you would prefer mm-hmm. and you want to grow <laughs> right <laughs> or you're with a person who you're like oh shit i'm 25 and they're 20 mm-hmm. have advice for both of those for both people in that relationship i guess what advice mm-hmm. would you give to the person who perhaps is 20 year old 20 years old emotionally and the person that may be 25 or 30 years old emotionally well I, again i think it's just everybody needs to know the truth and i think that's when we have the biggest problem though because i think there are a lot of people that recognize the people they're dating or they have interest in it they're not what they're selling on the outside is not necessarily adding up and i think there's a lot of people that's willing to love people beyond that the problem is, is that I think that we, what we run into nowadays is that we run into a lot of deflection where people don't want to own their truth. And it would be really easy if everybody just honest and say, hey, I'm immature here. I need help here. I'm strong in this area, but I'm weak here. And then the other person states the same. And then these two people cover each other in those deficiencies. And where they're strong, they uplift that person, right? Um, but most of the times, most of us are fighting through and having to dig through who they think they are, right? And even with ourselves, people are having to fight through who we think we are when they are literally seeing the truth about who we are. Now, and that so that's the, is a very <laughs> scary thing, mother. Whew, it is. Baby. It is. It is. It is. No, because but it, this at is, that but this point, is what, you this literally is have to decide. Between, yeah, you do. This is the fine line. This is what's going to make you fuck boy or where you're going to grow and be an adult. Um, because fuck boy screams irresponsibility. You know, when you break it all down, it's just being irresponsible. It's not only irresponsible with your body, irresponsible with you, with your sexy, irresponsible with your king or queenship, irresponsible with your energy irresponsible with someone else's emotions, irresponsible with empathy. It's yeah, just a life of irresponsibility. Day, it's a res- it's it, at the end of the day you're walking around reacting. You're reacting exactly. to all the things. You're exactly. you're reacting to shit that happened to you 2 years ago yeah, exactly. when you don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you have not stopped because exactly. instead of stopping and looking exactly. at everything that's going on around you, you'd rather just run. Oh god, this is about to be oh, I told you this yeah. conversation is going to be that yeah, but okay. it's convenient, and we got to be honest. And, and I want to no, be it's very convenient. It's, it's a life of convenience. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, yeah. being a fuck boy is easy in your twenties, and it's common in your twenties yep. because one, especially as black men, especially I'll tell you, as a black man, I was not given the tools emotionally mm-hmm. for sure to know how to manage and deal with the trauma that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't even I I I didn't even have I didn't even have the tools to be able to articulate those things. Yep. But to get us back on track and back to the story, because <laughs> we had a little tangent. We, we okay, got it. Let's yeah. talk. Yeah, we had a little moment, but I loved it. I loved it. Um, Me too. <laughs> dating and positive. You okay. um okay. You talked about how also it was a second. It was a relief for you also being a person um, who was positive, meeting another person who was positive. Do you feel like it's easier? Um, of course, I feel like I could probably answer that just based off your reaction. Um, yeah. Is it easier to date a person who's also positive? Do you yourself yeah. or suggest that people who are positive maybe try to like seek out avenues? Are there even resources or tools out there, maybe platforms out there for people who are positive to interact with each other? I'm just trying to learn more and uh, also well, allow you know, for more to be learned. I, I, yeah, this is such an interesting question, but it, it's no, I feel like if you're attracted to someone and if, you know, you're attracted to someone, you should approach them. Whether, and if you find out they're positive or vice versa, let that person make a decision. You make a decision what's best for you. Um, but also be understanding and gracious to that person because you, if you are not positive or whoever that is, um, you're literally just one second away from being able to be that you know what i mean it's not yeah one wrong you know everybody just yeah you know what i mean everybody didn't just go for it carelessly you know so just being mindful of that when you're dealing with people that if they have hiv it doesn't mean that they're a beast or that they were a fuck boy or that they were you know fucking everything in the city that doesn't mean that um and so be gentle with that but then the person that's positive also being understanding that maybe this person doesn't know enough Two, maybe there's a fear there. Three, they just don't want to date someone on that level. They want to be a little bit freer um, with someone that's not. And we have to respect that on both sides. So that's my advice in general, just to respect the person's decision. Um, so let's go back into this story with Buddha. Let's get back into this because this was good. Go. This was a really good one. Let's right. unpack it. How long have you had you all been dating before his addiction kind of affected you? Six months. <laughs> oh my that, god! Like so it all came yeah, to a head. Everything. Yep. Yeah, when that we got in that argument, he went out, and I picked him up from the jail. Everything just hit. Then that's when I found out that. He so was, the argument was is what turned into the fish fry the next day. No, I, the argument was because I did not want to oh, go. because you did not want to go. Right. Do you feel like if you had gone, he wouldn't have relapsed? Absolutely not. I, I, I no, I, no, I will not take that. <laughs> no, no. Because I, said, I because. No, I, no that no, was no, a not, leading not, question, definitely, because oh, I, know, I, I know, thousand percent I know. agree. No, 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 no not at all. Because what I realized many times is that, after that. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And before. Before. before I think that time yeah. he he got caught. Addiction isn't eccentric. Exactly. He got caught, and that and he coincidentally had my car, so that's how I found out um, that he was in jail. And that's when I called his sister because I was so worried. And I called his sister, and she was just like, kind of blah about it. I was like, well, you know, hey girl, like why are you so blah? And it was basically as if she was saying. Oh, he's done that again. Okay, well, he's in jail. Wait this amount of time. Do this, da da da. That's what made me put two and two together. That this is—he's hit it this long because he was trying to portray one thing, but he's been doing this. So, well, 
my next question yeah. was going to be, I guess I can definitely understand dating someone, being attached and all of that. And I guess now mm-hmm. with the context that you're saying is you guys spent every single day together, it makes mm-hmm. the picture a little bit clearer as to why mm-hmm. you would go to those links. I guess, mm-hmm. why were you so accepting of the, you know, the bullshit, you know, when he got out of jail and then on top of that, went to rehab, got out of rehab, and then was still on his bullshit. Like, right. I guess at what, I guess what was he doing and what was good about him in those moments mm-hmm. or what about him and what was he doing that was allowing you to allow yourself to be okay with that. And then also, where were you at in life oh for you God. to be okay with these things? <laughs> right. So I the think there was a... I told you we were going to go 360. Right. We need I every it. view. I love it. <clears throat> I think um, on one end, there is, and I think this is where a lot of us fall prey to. On one end, as we said, Mr. Third Eye, that third eye kicks in, um, and this is why I think now, as a man that's 41 years old, this is why I handle sexual. I am a single man right now, 41. This is why I handle sexual intercourse a lot differently. Y'all heard than that I he's did. single, people. He's God. single. When I tell you, oh my God, y'all see that blonde hair? You never see no. <laughs> you never see. You'll never see no color come up in there. He's got a technique so oh fierce. God. You are, shut up. Stop. Got the anyway, color mastered. Cut it out. Cut it out. So, uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So a part of me was there's this, you know, I think I'll speak for me. There was a savior complex, the third eye. What I realized in that sexual intercourse or having sexual intercourse with him, it, it opened up this world that this is the man that's being presented on the outside is not the man that he really is. So there were a lot of things that I was picking up soulishly or spiritually if you will and so when all of this came to fruition it came to the light you know when he i picked him up from jail that day when all of this came to the light it was more of like okay i need to start transitioning maybe this was a relationship that wasn't meant for us to be dating and my need to be wanted or my desire to be in a relationship i opened this up but right now, this man needs me now. This has nothing to do with us dating. This has nothing to do with us um, a, a sexual or intimacy. This man So is, the relationship he, he, and support has shifted in your mind. Yes. In my mind, shifted. it was like, forget the relationship. This when you man picked him up from jail, from exactly. that's when it has shifted exactly. for you. Exactly. So, exactly. okay, so that's at six months. Did the relationship, mm-hmm. so he goes to rehab. Mm-hmm. Had the relationship stayed sexual? No, because we he was in rehab. He literally stayed. Okay, so he so he got out. out of jail. He went to rehab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then he stays mm-hmm. in rehab for how long? For six months. Six months. Yep. Okay. Yep. He comes home. So that's a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so yeah, for the most part, we place. dated. Yeah, we dated up till the moment. It was the bliss of it was up to the moment that Friday night. So that's mm-hmm. the only dating aspect that I had. When he came home from the jail, when I picked him up, I knew then this is not a man for me. And he got a lot going on, but we've become friends for the past six months. So I could be here to support that. We got him into rehab. And then while he's in rehab, it was kind of my escape as well. Although I never, I didn't really date anybody else. I probably messed around and, you know, I was being grown. Because <laughs> um, at that point we were, it was understood. We're not, 
in a relationship, but I'm here to support you as a friend. And hence the reason why when his place was being, um, they were going to evict him, I took the stuff and put it in my spot because I'm like, I'll just be a friend if nothing else. Now, of course, while he's in rehab, getting towards the end, then that's when he started sharing that, you know what, I'm going to, I want to be in a relationship with you. I'm sober now. I get it. You've been here for me. Da, 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 da. He comes out. So I'm like, well, cool. You know, I have this two bedroom. If you don't feel comfortable, I know you've been sleeping by yourself. I get it. He was like, nope, let's go right into it. Relationship, relationship. The first week we slept in the same bed, had sex, all of that great stuff. A great time. Was it better Second week, time? it was like you. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> it was never really like the best sex, I'll say that. But um, it was, we we connected on that spiritual level, as you said. You know I mean, there was a really, deeper then, connection. I'm going to need you to distinguish that a little bit deeper. What? What? <laughs> like, elaborate. Like, what does what does a spiritual connection on that level look like or feel like to a person who maybe hasn't felt that? Or they don't know for sure if they're feeling a spiritual connection. What does that feel like? And what does that look like to a person when you're in it? Well, in layman terms, or I would on say the this. Outside looking in. It, yeah, any spiritual connection, I would say, I'm not going to even be deep about this. It is, to me, if you connect with someone and there's there's an apparent, um, a, apparent, how can I say it? It, it? Where it's very clear that both of you all have something that the other person needs to make each other better and healthier and stronger in life, if I could say it like that. So whereas he had all of this stuff going on emotionally, there was a part of him that wouldn't, he knew how to manage business a lot much be, a lot better than what I did. So there was a lot that I was learning from him and there was a lot of great things about him, but here it is, a man that's trying to survive. He's fighting for his life. He's fighting through an addiction. He has all of this trauma with his dad and all of this stuff. So his world has become that fuckboy world. Although if you really get him to the core of it, he really wants a relationship. He really does, but he don't have the capacity. He doesn't have the wherewithal to undergird a relationship. He can give a good look, but that's when all of that comes and that diminishes. That's when now all of a sudden, now we have all of the, the issues. And that's what I feel like most most times happen. I don't think fuckboys decide to just be fuckboys. You know, and in my days of being a fuckboy, if you will, I was looking for safety. I, at my core, I wanted safety. I wanted someone to acknowledge me and where I could feel safe to be whoever I was. And the sex part was just an extra caveat, but I really just wanted safety. And I believe that most fuckboys at the end of the day, you break through all of the layers of defense and protection and layers of fear and guilt and shame. You'll get to that. They just want someone to feel safe with. But that's going to cost a lot. That's going to cost a lot of honest honesty. But that's what everybody's looking for. Yeah, I think uh, for me and through my experience as a fuckboy who's met fuckboys, been fuckboy right. over and fuckboy plenty of people. <laughs> um, right. I would say that even past safety, I think it's about for whatever that moment in time is, whenever they're with you, you allow them or whoever it is to not be afraid to not think about all exactly. the other stuff that's going on to, they can actually be the version, the version of themselves that they would like to be. 
Exactly. And my my biggest thing for guys and relationships and that in is, general, and as they and the person that they want to be, I mean, in reality, is a person that would be safe. Like, but they would be right. safe and feel secure in their own skin. Right. Right. Not connected right. to you. Right. Because whatever but, you're doing is creating some type of codependent environment and creating this layer that allows for them to express well, themselves safely. You know, I, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to get into the whole psychological part of codependency, but I think that's something that we also have to debunk as well. I think we were created to be codependent on each other. That That is why we're here in the earth. Um, and I'm not... Yeah, see, that. I hate, I I hate the, the idea I understand of the codependency. Balance. But I know there true. has to be balance, and but yeah, I, I hate think, the idea yeah. that where you and need, the they problem, use it. I think with most of us, yes, we don't know how to be codependent because we've been taught that that's, that's a bad thing. We've been taught for you to lean on to someone else when you are weak and they have a strength in that area and to be submissive to that and then vice versa in your strengths, they're submissive to that. No one teaches us that. And that type like, of codependency is healthy. Now the last question I have for you is to have for you before we end the confession portion of the episode because we have been talking uh, forever. The editor is going to have a field day with this. Right. Um, <laughs> um, five things to look out for when trying to build a spiritual connection or five tips towards building a spiritual connection with someone. That's a better way to put it. Five uh, tips yeah. Um, spirit, are they able to connection? Yeah, one, I would say, do they listen more than they speak? Um, honesty, number two. Number three, um, I would say, I don't know how to say this one, but I guess really paying attention to how they respond to conflict, if I could say it like that. Um, four, their reasoning ability to reason um so if there's a disagreement how do they come to a resolve are they more apt to fight to be right or are they trying to really bring re resolution um i think that was really important that's five please don't ask me to re repeat those because i don't remember <laughs> them. i got you <laughs> You were like, don't ask me. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't okay, know. Sorry. I should have wrote those down. Okay. Those are good. Though. No, you're fine. I was writing them down. So you don't have to. Awesome. All right. So the last thing I want you to do is one, tell everybody out there how they can find mm -hmm. you. Tell everybody out there about House of Mend and your project and what you do. Yep. And just really connect them to what you do and allow them the space to really be connected to you and just make sure they can find you. And then sure. We so move we on have to the next portion of the show. Okay. So Instagram father f a t h e r dot reese r h y s, and then you have on Instagram on Facebook, excuse me, it's Delvin Eugene Reese, um, and then we have a House of Men Facebook group that's H a u s o f m e n d uh, Facebook group uh, that you can join. Uh, house of Men is basically a spiritual house right now, virtual, um, for people to grow to where well, we grow together. We do soul work together. And this is where, as I said, in the modern day, if you know anything about shadow work, where we literally go back into those dark spaces of our life, we go back into every part of our life and we find the treasure and we discover the beauty of that. Um, and so the past 
two months, two, three months, I've been doing a class uh, of parables where we talk about everything from sex, ego, um, to ministry, to uh, business, to uh, living on purpose, living in purpose, love, all of that. Um, and really having these conversations or talks and me sharing a lot of my life, being very, very transparent. Um, as I said, truth and honesty, I believe, is the basis of all deliverance and all growth. So I've been sharing a lot of my life and really sharing um, the work that I've had to do through a lot of the pain and me having to dig through all of the trash of my life and all the mistakes and all of the bad decisions and all of the things where my intentions were misread and having to find the beauty in all of it and growing. Um, so that's what House of Mend is. Right now, as I said, it's virtual. We're doing a lot of teachings and community building. Um, but when the world opens back up, we host all type of events. So you may come to a Fedoras and Soul, which is where we have a house party uh, with house music. I've had coffee in the hall where we have, it's more for like the politician lovers where we meet, have coffee. But it's all about community, but we do it in creative ways. Um, so whatever God lays on my heart, ways that we can connect people, if there's a way to touch souls and to love on people and to embrace people and create a space where they feel safe, I'm here to do it. So that's it in short. And oh, www.houseofmen.com too as well. That part. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to get ready to go to the fuck boy versus fucked up portion of the show. And oh. we'll be right back. So get ready, right. dude. It's about to be crazy. Yeah, oh boy, I'm nervous. I couldn't help but wonder. 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 Are men just women with balls? This is a good time to vent, officially. Now, in the great tradition of Paris is burning, the library is about to be open. Hey! Because reading is what? Fundamental. That's right, children. Mm-hmm. All right, Delvin. So today's audio comes from Rex and Shayla. Shayla writes in and she says, hi, Justin Rain. I found one of your shows, Keeping Love at First Sight on YouTube, and I've been a supportive, I've been a supporter. Oh my gosh, I cannot talk today. I've been a supporter of all your work ever since. I already know what this guy did was fucked up, but I just want to see if you really think he's a fuckboy or not, or if I should give it another shot. We started right on Tinder about eight months ago, and I immediately thought he was a catfish, so I was in no need to press for conversation with Mr. (laughs) iRobot. That's cute. We talked for a few weeks, then he asked if we could move the conversation to Snapchat so we could video chat safely. Okay. After exchanging cute wink vids and me finally accepting the fact that he was real, I was ready to dig a little deeper past small talk. The first red flag was a miss. But the next few days definitely stuck. But the next few, oh, but the next few flags definitely stuck out when we started discussing religion and monogamy. His answers were, "I believe in something greater than me, or a higher power," and I just go with the flow. I decided to not push too hard on the subject and just be open-minded. After a couple talks about meeting, we made plans to go hiking and have a date on the upcoming Saturday. 
Earlier in the week, he asked if I had a car and I said yes, confirming that we would meet at the park. Please make a mental note of that. Saturday comes and get and I got all cute. I did my hair. I had my non-makeup makeup for girls, if you know what that means. <laughs> she put that in parentheses. That's so cute. <laughs> and I put on my finest Fabletics outfit and I hit the road. I text him when I arrived, only to be responded to with confusion. He tells me he thought that I was going to pick him up. And he's going to be another 20 minutes because he's catching the bus. Once again, I'm trying to push myself past my boundaries, so I decide to wait. Plus, he's fine as fuck. You been there? (laughs) So, he arrives with a boatload of excuses and a huge-ass slobbering dog to match. But, I mean, he did look fine. Nevertheless, an hour later, the hike was really cool and I thought that we were having a good time till we walked back down down the hill. He hugged me and said his dog would ruin my seats in my car and that he'd hit me up later and see what I was doing. I randomly ran into him on the street a few days ago and we flirted for a few minutes and carried on with our lives. Should I hit him up or is he just a fuckboy for sure? Uh, I wouldn't call him a fuckboy. He just seems immature. <laughs> For sure. Right. It doesn't seem like he knows what he wants or he right. doesn't even yeah. seem to know how to properly communicate. Right. I wouldn't because... call him a fuckboy, but he got a lot going on. Yeah. It's either like, so I don't know if any of you all have ever watched this and I feel like Delvin, you probably like you've watched the show, but you definitely would not get this line, but you'll laugh at it on basketball wise. There's a um, cast member. Her name is Evelyn Lozada. She's my favorite cast member. She has this line that she says, and she's like, your story has holes. And she says it like, you know, in a very New York accent, like, you know, she's like, your story has more holes than Swiss cheese. And it's like, (laughs) dude, and it's like, that's how this feels. This story feels like your story has holes. Like, I don't understand. Like, there are, like, gaps in what's going on. There are gaps in communication. There are gaps in who you are. There are gaps in, like, how you view certain things. Like, I literally feel like you and my view of you right now is Swiss cheese. Like, I feel like, (laughs) yeah, like, I feel like we have kind of a framework on, like, okay, like, you're a decent individual. I feel like Shayla has, like, a decent grasp of that. I feel like Shayla, like, has taken on to the fact that, at least for me, a guy who is into fitness or his health, at least that shows your ability to commit to something because fitness takes a lot of commitment and it's a consistent commitment that you really have to work it and stay dedicated Mm -hmm. to and staying motivated. Sometimes it's hard with that one. So seeing someone who's very like hyper physically fit or very physically fit, you know, that's what I try to take from that versus just, of course, you know, like, yes, let me lick your ass. I mean, that's going to be fun too, but you know, in the long term, in the long term, I care about the fact that you, you know, are dedicated to getting your abs every day at 6 a.m., which means you'll be dedicated right. to picking the kids up at 6 a.m., see where I'm going, mm-hmm. or waking the kids mm-hmm. up at 6 a.m. 
Yeah, see, I need a correlation to my long-term goals. <laughs> long-term, baby. Hello? Get with it, girl. Right. Get with the winning team. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, bitch. I got no damn kids. Don't listen to me, y'all. But anyway. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like... So, for me, my biggest issue is just how drastic the issue of communication is. Because I feel like if you ask me if I have a car and know it is asking me if I have a car, equate you asking me if I can pick you up. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I feel like you're grown and in no way does this man not sound grown based on what she's saying. Um, right. You know, so, and, and she's clearly talking, she's also clearly referring to herself, talking about she's trying to grow, get outside of her norm. And this is just me using context clues here, guys. And Shayla, please write back and we can amend it in the next episode before we go into the next one. Um, you know, if you're like in college and you're 19 and you're trying to like grow outside of your norm already, I'm gonna tell you, girl, you don't even know what your norm is, but I'm assuming that Shayla is like a grown woman and she has a bit of dating experience because right. she's speaking as a, she's speaking like a person like my age or speaking like some of my friends that I have or, you know, different cont- contemporaries. That's my new favorite word. I like to use, you know, my fellow <laughs> contemporaries, you know, out there, you know, that are dating, you know, she's talking like them, you know, as far as like you know I'm trying to push myself to go past like the way I would normally react and to me you don't know how you normally would react before 21 I feel like even before 25 you know take dating habits like that take years to build in my opinion um but yeah so I would just assume based on the context clues and the way she you know worded and phrased certain things that she's you know at least 25 we're gonna say she's 25 Rex I'll say you're 30 just you know for all and six yeah, she's purposes <laughs> Yeah, I, the girl is always younger than the guy. That's just how life usually goes. Whenever mm-hmm. they complain about his maturity, it's just always like stupid. And she realizes she has to date somebody like at least ten years older to get somebody on her level. Like you said, ten years. Uh, anyways, so wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Fine. Fuck. Full so <laughs> full circle. Anyways, but yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like the whole. That one makes you a fuckboy to me because in no way did you, com- you took the time out of your day to verify that she had a car, but in no way <laughs> took time to confirm and let her know that you needed a ride with said car. That's right. an issue. I mean, I he can have all the brains in the brawn in the world, but baby, a nigga can't even tell you or ask you or have the gall to ask, hey, can I have a ride? Like, because to me, my thing is, if you really was an OG, if you really want to be that nigga, if you really wanted to pull, like, pull a stunt, stunt, I'm going to give you all a good fuck boy, you know, a little tip, you know, I would have found a local park that I could walk to. He's into fitness. Hello. I would have yeah. found me a park within walking distance to somewhere hikeable within my location. And I would have gotten there. But honestly, even if he didn't want to do that and have a shortcut, a real man would have found his ass to the fucking spot by 11, regardless if he had a ride or not. Because guess what? The end result was you had to get the fuck on the bus and get there. So why did we put ourselves through all this trouble? Class, can you tell me? You can't. You can't. It's nonsensical. It's stupid. This is time that we could have used towards finding world peace. Right. Very true. 
Yeah, and I feel like that time I can't get back. Like, I don't know if I would have, like, forgave that one. Because it's just like, I'm sitting here looking stupid. Like, I would have been, like, if I was Shayla, I would have been like, girl, well, he hit me back sitting I'm like, oh, well, I'm halfway up the hill. I hope you can catch up. You work out, right? You a trainer, right? <laughs> right, right. I would have been like, you can get on up this hill. I wouldn't even know. Poor Cujo. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how Cujo would have made it up. What are your thoughts? I just keep screaming immaturity. <laughs> so, no, I mean, but do you think that, he's a fuck boy? A, no, I don't think from that story I could assume that he's a fuck boy. No, I'm sorry. Okay, no, you're fine. It's I don't okay. think I don't think I would have assumed that. No, I just assume that he's fair. immature. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now that does not mean that he's not. But from what she talked about, I could I wouldn't assume he was a fuck, but I would just feel like he's just irresponsible. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, All right. Know. Well, when we get back, we'll have the song of the week portion of the show. So I hope you guys are ready. All right. Here we go. Hey, how about we listen to a little bit of music? Bro. How did you know? I love this song. All right, you guys. So we are now back at the song of the week portion of the show. We have Delvin here on Quiet Storm Fuckboy Radio. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I know you like That's it. Yeah. What you got on? No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, you know, I can do it like that. Anyways, um, so Delvin, tell us what the song of the week is. How Deep Is Your Love by PJ Morton. How deep is your love? No, I'm, like, I'm not even going to yeah. put you guys through that. Yeah, so this is How Deep Is Your Love by PJ Morton. Make me believe what you're saying. Can we waken this up a little? Well, yeah, if you think you can. Okay. Deanna. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go We are at the fuckboy fix portion of the show. I know that he is about to bring about change in your life. I can already speak on it. I can already talk on it. I can already manifest it for you. Tell people what the word and the fuckboy fix of the week is. Delvin. 
the word will be soul work and soul work is as i said earlier it's a um modern day culture probably calls it shadow work which is the process of acknowledging and accepting the hidden parts of your personality um so that you will become a balanced person and breaking that down even more acknowledging the good and the bad parts of you the dark and the light parts of you and being honest about who you really are and what you need to work on what you need to become better at from a soulish perspective not how much money you have in the bank not how many clothes you have not how cute you look but becoming rich in your soul and this process has literally changed my life because it woke me up it woke me up from victim narrative or feeling like you know this life i just was given to me and i have to just deal with all of the shit that i've had to live through but no really it implored me to dig deep beyond the pain beyond the misunderstanding beyond the darkness beyond all of that to find the beauty of all things i believe that god is intentional i believe that god lives on the inside of each and every one of us thereby our lives are intentional so this shadow work encourages us to be intentional with every piece of our lives even the parts that hurt uh even the parts that are dark even the parts that were born out of trauma um there's beauty in all of it and it's intentionally there for our good and for us to discover it so that's what shadow shadow work soul work is all right and tell everyone out there again where they can find you where they can find house of mend and everything that you're doing yeah you can find uh, house of men www.housofmend.com uh, you can follow me on Instagram at father.reese. And then we have a father.reese on uh, Facebook as well. And then we have a House of Men Facebook group where you can go and watch all of the teachings that I just, uh, the 12 parables that I finished, where we really delve into the shadow work, dealing with ego and uh, dealing with personality and dealing with love and how we see love and so many different conversations, uh, sex, and we talk about a lot. So, you can go and pull up those archived videos there on the House of Men Facebook group. That's it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I really yeah, my appreciate pleasure. it. I feel like we're going to need like a part two or like some type Absolutely. of special episode. I would love to. I feel like this might be like a series. Maybe we just need to do like Fuckboy Problems x the house of men and we just make it like a series and we we'll blow um, it out let's do it i don't let's know do we gotta figure it out my spirit is saying something oh, about it. i'm gonna talk to you more about it once again thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode thank you delvin for sharing so as welcome. you always do it's been amazing and until thank next you. time likewise Bye, fuck boys. <laughs> That's all, folks. Thank you again for listening to today's podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, rate it, and share with a friend wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore FBProbs, F-B-P-R-O-B-S. And please make sure to add our playlists on Spotify and Apple Music. And if you got fuckboy problems, please email us at fbprobs at justinrain.com. That's F-B-P-R-O-B-S at Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, Rain, R-A-Y-N-E.com. See you next episode, fuckboys. Hey.